0: a lot more conscious in terms of you don't need to buy that rather put it towards this Um, and unfortunately it took quite an extreme event for me to get to that place I really hope no one else has to go through
1: and when I look back and I think ah, if I had started then I, I can't imagine where I would have been now what's up everybody welcome to don't hold back this is where we say it loud we aim to create a safe space where we can talk about a lot of issues you know um some of them may be a little bit controversial but they are as equally as important if you're coming from my youtube channel welcome thank you so much for joining us today we are talking about money now that I'm, I'm saying that I'm reminded of a song, many many money, 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 money. chika chika <laughs> We're talking about money. We want to know all things how to create money, how to save money, particularly in a post pandemic economy. Do we, you know, tighten our belts or we take the risk um, in terms of making sure that the economy is rolling? We don't know. What do we do? Thank goodness in studio, we have wealth strategist, Joburg Local, um, Bronson Friedman, who is going to talk us through, you know, the tricks of the trade. He's been through it all. What are the secrets? Because because we all want to be millionaires, okay? <coughs> now, welcome Bronson. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Hi Nosy, thank you for having me.
1: Nice. Now listen, I am a big foodie. I asked each of my guests to bring in food or a snack that we can share in studio. I'm interested to know, what did you bring?
0: I think you're going to be a little bit disappointed as a big foodie. Um, <laughs> so sorry, right off the bat. Um, I bought a... High protein, light Future Life bar. Okay. Um, Really a a on-the-go snack. Um,
1: Okay. Listen, um, we're going to talk more later in terms of why did you bring that because I'm interested to know the story behind it. But now let's get into the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about money. Let me be very honest in it. Now that we're talking about money, everyone has a money story. We've all made mistakes and let me just tell you about like one of my mistakes and I'm only saying this because this is a safe space okay no one's going to judge anyone <laughs> so when I started working um you know they started calling me and talking about credit I didn't realize what that was and they said you qualify you know 10,000 rand 15,000 rand for this clothing account so I went to open the clothing account And then I went overboard. I didn't realize that I had to pay it, you know, monthly, and there was a certain amount that I needed to pay. And then that's when I actually realized that, hang on a sec, I can't afford this. So I let it go and I didn't pay it. Then five years later, when I actually wanted to now buy a house, um, one of the things that was flagged was um, you have a clothing account you haven't paid in about five years and we can't go forward with the application until that is paid. Um, So I'm telling this because Bronson what is or what are some of the mistakes that you have made that you can recall when it comes to money?
0: Geez there's a, a relatively long list um, so I think probably the biggest mistake a lot of us make is living beyond our means. Mm. Um, And I think that's, you know, whether you're taking out a credit facility, buying a car that's maybe more expensive than you should buy, clothes, taking out shop accounts, you know, whatever it is, there's a number of different mistakes that that people make. Um, I think your situation is not unique. A lot of people get caught with store cards, credit cards, which turn into overdrafts, revolving loans. You know, unfortunately, that's sort of the the debt trap. A large percentage of South Africans spend almost all of their salary servicing debt, whether it's vehicle, home loan, credit cards, et cetera. Um, so I think probably the biggest mistake I've made financial mistake is I bought a car that was just well above what I should have been buying at that stage, plowed almost 20 grand a month into this vehicle. Fortunately, I had a, a, a little daughter not too long after that, which forced me to downgrade again, right. but um, I think, a vehicle is such a big purchase and it's actually such a waste of money. And uh, unfortunately, we're in this society where in South Africa in particular, it's all about the car that you drive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I see people driving cars that are costing them nothing less than 80 to 100,000 rand a month. And if we just put those numbers into an investment plan of any kind, you know, even something really sort of conservative fixed income, the numbers that you would end up with are staggering. But instead, you know, we're just wasting money to try and keep up this image in society, which I think is, is is maybe the biggest mistake that we all make.
1: Yeah. Now, I've been following for quite some time. There's a particular story that I'm interested in um, that involves um, one of your children, yes. and um, it caused you to really look back in terms of some of the decisions that you've made with money. Sure. Um, can you just talk us through that?
0: Sure. So I've got a 17-month-old, mm-hmm. um, and I've got a, a eight-week-old, but the 17-month-old Mackenzie She was diagnosed with leukaemia at four months of age. Um, We had obviously just started sort of finding our feet post-COVID, just started going back to the office, just getting used to a newborn, um, and we were dealt this blow. Um, I suppose there are certain things that I look back on that I'm very grateful that I had in place, maybe other things that I look back on that I wish I did have, which I didn't have. Um, And, I I mean, if I run through just a couple of things, medical aid, you know, for me, medical aid in South Africa in particular, um, our state hospital facilities are are not up to scratch. Um, So medical aid for me is probably one of the most important risk management tools that you can have. Um, We were very lucky that we had that, and we were very well taken care of um, by discovery. Um, You know, they they really came to the party and I think by February of this year, so just under a year uh, um, after she was diagnosed, they had paid over eight million rand i mean that's it's impossible for an individual or most individuals to stomach that kind of blow so that was the first thing that i had in place and then we just had emergency savings um income protection you know a few products i suppose which you read about and you're like oh, do i really need it it's a bit of a grudge purchase or putting three months salary away when will i really require that um, and life happens and it happens pretty quickly right. um, and i suppose post going through all of that um, I'm a lot more conscious in terms of you know you don't need to buy that rather put it towards this Um, and unfortunately it took quite an extreme event for me to get to that place Um, and I I really hope no one else has to go through that same kind of of trauma Mm -hmm. to to realize that you know maybe my money would be better spent or directed here as opposed to there Um, and if I can just I suppose offer a a little bit of advice around that. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, that's really what I want to try and aim to achieve.
1: Now, let me be honest. One of the things that has put a lot of people when it comes to uh, money, savings, is this whole myth around, okay, you need to save 40% of your income. If you can't do that, then you have no chance, you know, of building your wealth, of building generational wealth. Sure. And I always look at my, you know, situation. I look at our budget. And I can't save 40%. And because I can't save 40%, 40%, then I'm like, okay, maybe this is not for me. I I shouldn't even start. So I just want us to go through like really the practicality and the reality of where do you start to start building your wealth or to start saving? What advice would you give someone?
0: So I think, you know, obviously looking at the 40% rule, there's a number of rules um, in the industry uh, there's the 40% rule, the 75% rule. And I suppose every person's situation is quite unique. Um, and by putting numbers in place like 40%, it almost does more harm than good because it just seems so unattainable. It's such a massive mountain to climb. It's like, well, I'm not even going to waste my time. starting Absolutely. Because I'm not even going to end up close to where I need to end up. Mm. So I think, firstly, the 40% Rule really applies to somebody that's going to start saving post 40 years old. If you're going to start early, so 20, 25, 30, you're actually looking at closer to 20%, 25%, which is obviously a lot more attainable. Second to that, I think it's a lot easier to break these goals into bite sized chunks. So there's a group of analysts in the US and they put together a slightly different calculation. And basically, what they did is at how much do you want saved at different points in your life so for example at age 25 you want half of your annual salary saved already okay. then by age 35 you want one and a half times your annual salary saved and so on and so forth and you kind of go every five years and try keep track mm. um, and eventually at 65 you want between seven and a half and 13 and a half times your annual salary and by breaking it down into those five-year increments it just makes it a lot easier to reach certain goals so i think um, there's a saying, it's the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the second best time is right now. So, um, you know, I suppose instead of worrying about the, n- the, the number itself, I think we need to place more emphasis on opening the account, okay. starting. That's, that's really, I suppose, the, the best advice.
1: We um, aim to talk to a lot of young people, right, um, um, in the market. Um, Those that are just finishing school. Actually, they may be still in school. Um, Those that just started their careers. When I look back, I actually only started being serious about, you know, investing in my late 20s. And it's so so sad because I started working at 19. And when I look back and I think, ah, if I had started then, I, I can't imagine where I would have been now. So what advice um, or what would you say to a young person in school, just finishing school um, or just started their career? The one number one thing they always ask, where do, we, where, do we, where, do we, where do we start? What products do we look at? Do we start thinking about, like, you know, retirement at 19 or at 21 or at 25? Sure. What would you say to them?
0: So geez, unfortunately, there's just so many products, there's so many options. It's almost like analysis paralysis. So I don't blame people for not starting. There's a number of financial professionals you can turn to. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of traditional brokers have maybe sort of painted the wrong image in terms of where they step in, where they help people. And that's just driven through commissions and fees that were maybe taken and, and bad investment decisions. Alternatively, there's YouTube channels, you've got access to MoneyWeb, Fin24, Business Day, you know, all of these websites. If you go onto Google, you're able to find a ton of information just to maybe guide you in the right direction. Um, And then if you're a little bit intimidated to chat to somebody, you can open up an account with Easy Equities, as an example, you can open up a, a basic unit trust, you can buy some shares. So I think, again, instead of worrying about the sort of total offering that's out there maybe just make a decision get started more than likely you're going to make mistakes we all make mistakes but the, the the sooner you start the the bigger the buffer you've got should things i suppose go go wrong down the line so yeah
1: now Bronson, have you always been this wealth strategist like where, where did it actually start um did you study for it do you need to study for it like, what's your take? Where, where does it, this whole journey start for you that you are more comfortable? I, I, I I'm, You know, the message that I'm getting, getting across from you is that you're most com- comfortable um, about what you're talking about. You know your story. But where did it start for you?
0: Jeez, I don't think anybody's very financially inclined, if I could say that, from birth. I suppose you get taught these different lessons as you grow up. Um, and my dad was always very meticulous with saving, um, you know, trying to, I suppose, pass some of his knowledge onto us. And, you know, I, I think it's it's more sort of nurture versus nature mm-hmm. when it comes to, to anything kind of financial. Um, and then when I finished school, I wasn't really too sure what I wanted to study, so I just did a general BCom. Um, that led me down a road towards finance. Um, and I suppose I never really looked back, but it's not something that – came to me naturally. I just, you know, woke up one day and said, I need to save and invest. And you know, it, I suppose it's, it's something that you've got to learn and it's something that isn't for everybody. And if it's not for you, you know, there are people out there that can help.
1: So you're talking about how your dad, you know, passed some of your knowledge. I'm actually thinking about how um, <laughs> my mom passed this whole thing um, around stock fails. Sure. Right, um, because once again, when when I started with this whole, you know, I need to save, I need to invest. I didn't know where to start. So the the, the first thing I started doing is, oh, okay, let me see if I can join a stock fell, um, because I was also not disciplined um, back then. And I started, you know, um, joining the stock fell. Um, you had to put in like about one point five every month, and if you did not, you know, um, put in that one point five, or you were late, you were penalized. Um, and from that, those penalties, they start accumulating all the interest. And after a year, I'm thinking to myself, hang on, I think I have, or I've built, you know, the discipline that is required to possibly look more into the market of what's available, What are other products that are mostly, um, you know, will give me greater returns, you know? And that's when I started now investing in different products in the market. Um, But I I absolutely agree in terms of, you know, look where it can work for you, um, start um, as little as possible. And once you build that discipline and that confidence um, in terms of where you invest, I think you'll go far, right?
0: Agreed, I think obviously, Talking to to stock files, um, unfortunately, through COVID and through people just being mm. quite desperate, um, you know, to get funds, right, you know, by any means, really, there's a lot of unregulated financial instruments. Um, tell me
1: about it. <laughs> yeah. <So laughs> tell me, every December when our moms are getting ready for the festive season and they've invested all this money throughout the whole year. There's always, always a story about so and so took all the money and relocated to another city, sure. and there's no way of tracking them. Or um, one of the group members after they go to the bank to withdraw the money, um, they, yeah, they come together and and yeah, call people to go and follow this person to their house at gunpoint and take all the money. I, I understand what you're saying.
0: Yes, yeah, so I think, and I'm not bashing stock files. If you look at all of our major banks in South Africa, they all offer a stock file type facility but just a little more regulated. Mm. There's certain benefits that you get, so discounts with certain sort of shops and uh, loyalty cards and things like that. So I, I think mm. there's a, a lot of different ways to save, but when looking at a stock file, I'm not saying it's a bad way to save. I think maybe just if that is the route that you're going to go, try go the, the route that's most regulated Mm. because unfortunately in difficult times, difficult times breed desperate people, desperate people do silly things. And and obviously you just don't want a situation where you've put your hard earned income away for 12 months to be told at the end of the year that that money's missing um, because it's a pretty quick way to deter someone from wanting to save again at all.
1: You know what, Bronson, I need a break. Let's get into the food, okay? You said you brought in like a protein bar, right? Correct. What's the story behind it?
0: So I actually am quite a foodie myself. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, we've got two beautiful young daughters. Unfortunately, very limited time with both of them. Yeah. So I've had to, I suppose, just improvise um, mm-hmm. and make sure that I've got something to eat on the go, keep my energy levels up. So at the moment, I suppose that's probably my go-to. <laughs> um, not quite the plate of sushi that I had pre-children. Right. Um, but hopefully as they get a little bit older, we'll, we'll get back there.
1: I mean, I can understand with two little ones in the house. Okay, I'm interested to to taste it. Apparently, yeah, it's peanut butter eh, flavor. Let's see. Would you like a piece also?
0: I've already had one today, but I'll have another one.
1: You know what? I I usually don't like anything peanut buttery, but this one is actually very nice. I'm not sure whether it's also the chocolate uh, that's within it.
0: Very possible.
1: Yes, it's actually very nice. Thank you so much for bringing that. Pleasure. Bronson, you've shared a lot of your background, your expertise when it comes to money. I want to do a fun game, okay? It's called Rapid Fire Questions. Okay. I'm going to be giving you two options. You don't have much time to think about it. You choose one or the other. You have about 10 seconds. Okay. Ready? Go. Okay, cool. First question. What is more painful, doing your own taxes or teaching someone to do theirs?
0: Doing your own taxes. Really? Definitely.
1: Have you done yours?
0: I've tried once and I won't be trying again. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. okay, second one Favourite movie about money or money laundering?
0: I would say Wolf of Wall Street But that's maybe a little bit corny <laughs> um, There's a documentary called Insider Job. Job uh, that, That's definitely the one
1: I'm going to check it out Okay, I'm going to check it out Where would you want to be a stockbroker? London, New York or Johannesburg?
0: Probably New York
1: True I I know the answer to this one. Second and dream car in cash or family holiday treat?
0: Like I said, if you asked me before Mackenzie was born, I would have gone with the car, but definitely family holiday.
1: I thought so. Um, steak dinner or a tank of petrol? Oh, gosh. In his times.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I wish a tank of petrol was as cheap as a steak dinner, but right. um, I'd have to go with the steak dinner.
1: Okay. What's harder, saving or spending money?
0: Definitely saving. Okay.
1: The last one, night binge watching all the shows you missed or watching your newborns not sleep?
0: We don't have much of a choice at the moment, <laughs> so option <I'll laughs> two.
1: Right, then how do you even cope?
0: So there is a routine. I think with kids it's all about routine. Um, mm-hmm. But you end up winging it a lot of the time. To be honest, um, kids are unpredictable. So we have these plans in place um, which don't always come to the fore. But... Um, you just managed to be honest. You know, you love your kids. Going through what we went through last year, I suppose maybe we've got a slightly different view in terms of spending time with our children. Um mm-hmm. so don't get me wrong, it's still tough, mm. it's hectic, but you make it work.
1: Now, Bronson, as we're ending off, um, there's about two questions I'd like to ask. The first one is we are feeling the pressure and we're feeling overwhelmed by the continuous rising of cost of living. Um what would you say to someone that is feeling the pressure, and how do we manage the expectations?
0: So I think, you know, this is just the beginning. Obviously, inflation numbers at the moment are very high. Interest rates are going up and will continue to go up. Um, I think it's it's important for us to just go back to the basics, relook at your budget, settle debt, don't live beyond your means. You know, I suppose there's a number of different things that you can do, but the cornerstone for me is definitely your budget. Look at your budget. Make sure that you're not spending money on things that you're not even using. I'll give you a prime example. I had a gym contract that I hadn't used in two years. We've got a gym in the complex where we live, Mm. and that had been going off. And and sure, in a month, it doesn't make a massive difference, but if you compound that over 12 months, 24 Mm. months, it starts to make a big difference. So I think cornerstone, look at your budget, And short term debt, because as interest rates go up, the servicing of this debt is going to become increasingly expensive. um, And you just want to make sure, I suppose, that you've you've done your sort of um, financial spring clean, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term.
1: And lastly, just any tips for getting back on our feet post pandemic?
0: Start with your budget. Like I said, it's it's although we've come through COVID, I think we are going into slightly more difficult economic times to be to be brutally honest and you know again don't buy the t-shirts don't buy the expensive car don't buy the takeaways Mm. if you don't have to don't do it that it's almost short-term sacrifice for long-term gain but unfortunately we seem to live in a time with you know instant gratification is everything Um, and unfortunately the, the the cost you pay today is the price that you'll pay tomorrow so you know maybe just um clean up your budget, clean up your spending habits. Um, you know, other than that, there's not much else that we can do.
1: You know, I think there's one thing I'm taking away. If you don't need it, don't buy it. Every time I've had to now you know, think about a purchase, do I need it? And if I don't need it, then I don't have to buy it. Thank you so much, Branson. It's
0: a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: And that is where we ended off, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Don't Hold Back, where we say it loud. It's a podcast in collaboration with DW, Jacaranda FM, and East Coast Radio. Please make sure that you listen and watch this episode. Many other episodes also are available on anywhere where you get your podcast and, of course, on YouTube. I am Nozibele Kamganamaya, but until next time, thank you so much for joining us.